Hello and welcome to your weekly roundup of all the latest news and ramble about the world of electric cars from the team at electrifying.com. That is us. So this week we're going to be talking charging tariffs, the affordable Tesla that Mm. might actually be happening and the return of yet another name from the past. Indeed. Plus, we will also be dipping into the post bag once again with Postman Mike <laughs> to hear what you have had Don't to make say. Me <laughs> Welcome, team, to the Kilowatt Half Hour. I am Ginny. I'm Nicola. And I'm Postman Mike. Hi. <laughs> there he is. And first of all, she's back. The Nicola is back from the desert where we banished her. Yeah, banished me to the desert. I've, I've been at the Dakar rally for the last three weeks hosting a new TV show for, for Red Bull TV. I have watched the Dakar Rally for a long time, but I think actually being a part of it and experiencing it, I had no idea mm. of the scale of this thing. My goodness, 3,000 people in a bivouac, that, which is a giant campsite, if you will, that moves every day, yeah. not just down the road, but hundreds and hundreds of kilometers. It's the equivalent it's like flight. of doing... It's flights, basically, isn't it? You're I literally... had to do flights. Yeah. And then some people had to then drive overnight. Some people then drove during the day to then meet at the next bivouac while the people were racing across the desert, across the sand dunes to meet you there on the other side. Then you film for the day mm. and then you pack up and you do the same thing all over again the following day. It is a bonkers event, <laughs> isn't it? I, I remember ye- a long time ago when Colin McRae w- was taking part in it with... Nissan. Nissan. I think I went mm. out there mm. to one of the legs, and to it's, one of the legs. just to one of them, <laughs> and it, it's it's completely off the scale, but also like you said, massively impressive, huge. But I do, I did come away from it just thinking a little bit, why, why? Oh, because it's awesome. Okay, I think I think anyone that's kind of into motorsport, this is like it's the pinnacle of motorsport. Yeah, I love motorsport, yeah. but I did just come away thinking this is nuts. It is the toughest, craziest race of all time. They are racing for two weeks straight across sand dunes, across rocks, for hundreds of kilometers every day, and then they get up and they do the whole thing all over again. They are absolutely bananas. And I did spot there were two guys that were taking part on an electric bike and what they were doing was they had two batteries that they were kind of swapping and they were charging the batteries via solar. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah that is good. Yeah, but I, I, I do suspect, I don't know about you, Mike, that we are probably quite a way away from the Dakar being fully solar or electric. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, think, I, I went on to ZapMap for um, Saudi Arabia and there wasn't a lot of wasn't a lot of charging points on on the route I can see but, <laughs> no. I mean it's a bit like if you if you're old enough you're my vintage you know when the TV cut the cartoon wacky races you know they were just seem to be going from some random oh, point yeah, to be with the anthill mob and Dick Dassadly and everything it's a bit like that but in real life if you've never seen anything yeah. about the deck are there they have the, even the trucks that carry the stuff to the next stage race as well don't they so there's motorbikes there's cars there's yeah, buggies yeah. there's trucks every anything goes it's brilliant yeah 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 I, I mean just talking about wacky races I did a podcast last year that I hosted about the the world solar challenge which is that sustainable race that happens in Australia ah. every I think it's every couple of years it might be every five years I can't remember now. um but that is it's got to be powered by solar so Ooh. this is so I was I was actually talking to a team from Durham University who were going out there to compete and it's it's brilliant because that is genuinely about pushing the boundaries of engineering but the cars look so strange 
just um, covered in panels. It's that same. It is that thing. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, there's, but there are some. It, it's interesting stuff, and I love the fact that people want to do it. Yeah. Actually, yeah. oh, speaking of like challenges and stuff, next week I'm going to Norway with the FIA and I'm there taking part in an EV long range challenge. Aha. So I'm going to be taking part in it, which I'm really looking forward to. I don't know what car I'm going to be driving yet. Uh, so all I know is I'm taking part. And the idea is you just get as far as you physically can in the car that you're given. Now, naturally, I like to think I'm going to do a pretty blooming good job with that because I like to think I'm a basic EV expert. You're now. an EV ninja. Yeah. And, and, and just in case you need some tips, we do have a very handy explainer about how to get the best out of your electric car in oh. cold weather that no, the lovely Mike car. wrote that is on electrifying.com. Isn't nice. that right, Mike? That's true. Who are you going with again, did you say? With the FIA. So I'm covering Excellent. it for the FIA. Yeah. Good. Well, at least yeah. if there's a lineup of cars, you'll know to choose. You, with your knowledge, you'll be able to pick the one that's got the longest range, hopefully. You'll be able to sort of jump straight in it. Or leave someone else in the Honda E. Well, know. but it's not even about that, though, is it, Mike? Because we know it's about getting the car that is the most efficient. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Aerodynamics. Yeah. Should we move on and, and talk about what we have been doing? Um, yes. Again, Mike, what, what are you going to raise on the podcast today? What's caught your eye this week? Well, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, Tom, our our editor, has had his head in a spreadsheet for the best part of a week looking at the best um, electric car tariffs because the the tariff market from, you know, sort of post-pandemic, post-Ukraine um, was broken, basically. There were no options to change. And now that's changing mm-hmm. a little bit. There are some really good um, alternative tariffs out there. So Tom's been having a look at them and comparing them, which is actually far harder than it sounds because you're not really comparing apples with apples sometimes because there's so many different types of smart tariff dumb tariffs that Mm. kind of thing but um go on if you go onto the site you can see the findings of 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 our review um a lot of them depend on what your personal um, case is if you've got smart charging if you've got one of the three i think charges that uses smart charging or one of the cars then you can take advantage of more tariffs if you haven't you're kind of stuck with the sort of sort of one or three or four sort of dumb tariffs as they call them um but yeah i mean the winner um as, as you'll feel if you do read the article surprisingly isn't um isn't octopus it's actually um it's actually um, ovo energy um if you have if you're able to use um smart meters um but it's a fascinating piece right. um i think it's relevant to everybody um and of course if you're if you're going to buy if you're going to get a smart tariff that's going to save you 500 pounds over a regular tariff um but you can, there are some sort of fine tuning around the edges that you can save quite a bit more if you do make a switch to one of these new guys. Yeah. I found that interesting because normally when you speak to anyone to do with anything with electric cars and you'll go, what's the best taf- tariff? Everyone instantly says octopus. Well, well, that's what we were expecting. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, it, it, I think you will haha, be shocked by the results of this one because it's definitely... Number four will shock you, or whatever it is. Clickbait. Yeah, the result will shock you. Um, But also, I think what it really brought home to me, Mike, reading that article, was the fact that how penalised you are if you can't charge at home still. Mm. Because now that these affordable tariffs are coming back, we're back to that situation where that gap between electric car ownership, if you can charge at home, and ownership 
if you can't, is just becoming, you know, it's costing you more and more. It really is. Yeah, the prices are really jumping up now, aren't they? Yeah, and we've got to see, and we bang, I feel like we talk about this almost every week, so maybe I should ban myself from talking about it for a couple of weeks. <laughs> no, it needs to, but, you but need to keep we need drilling to, it. We need to get rid of the VAT. And this is very UK-centric, by the way, so apologies if you're not in the UK, yeah. but I'm sure Sorry. you've got similar things. You know, we, we pay a tax on um, on public charging here and it is much lower on home energy. So it basically means that if you're not charging your car at home, A, you're paying more for the privilege in the first place, but then you're paying an even bigger tax to the government and they do need to sort that out. And I'll stop ranting now. Good rant. Okay, good rant. Good rant. Good rant. Good good rant. rant. Um, so Nicola, we dragged you straight back from the Dakar yeah. and we flung you into a nice hot sweaty studio, didn't we, in the Midlands? <laughs> yeah. well, in Bedfordshire, yeah. actually. In Bedfordshire, it was yes. very nice. Uh, because I got to have a little look around the Polestar 4. And I came to join you. Yes. yes. This is the car from Polestar that quite controversially doesn't have a rear windscreen. Yeah, it's that one. It's that I don't one. know how much we can say about it because the embargo is is until the thirty first of January, which is um, yeah Next Wednesday week. the thirty first. It'll uh, the video will be dropping for that, so do sign up um, and turn your notifications on on our YouTube channel if you haven't already. If you want to find out about it, but it's interesting that rear windscreen thing, isn't it? I don't. I still don't get it. They've kind of explained why they haven't put a windscreen by going, oh, there's not really the space to do it. If we did it, it would be a tiny windscreen. But actually, I think it would just look better even with a tiny windscreen. Money saving? Yeah, but why? I don't know. But we, we yeah, we can't really talk too much more about that, I don't think. <laughs> no, I th- no. But it's, it's but- an interesting, I think it's an interesting car. And I think, again, Polestar seemed to be like really ready. I don't know about you, Mike, but for some new models now. Yeah. We had the Polestar 2 that got revised last year. I, I personally think that's a really good car. I, I mm-hmm. like it a lot. But then it's been like, right, we want to see what's coming next. Yeah. So it does feel like three and four, which we will get to drive in a few months. Um, I think finally they've really needed to get these cars to market, haven't they, Mike? Yeah, I think they'll come in quite a short order now. I mean, I looked at the Polestar 3 well over a year ago now. Um, did a walk around and that was sort of been coming soon for a while and I think that even then they said it was going to be quite a while but it was finished it was production ready it wasn't like a concept car or anything but you would think it was always 2024 which I think when we look around it in 2022 you think that's ages away and it has felt like it has been yeah. quite a, a big gap but from what I've seen from the product line and you spoke to them yesterday you two you guys it's going to come in fairly short order we're going to see four three and four and five and posts are a bit confusing aren't they because they they number their cars chronologically like iphones and led zeppelin yeah. albums yeah. Um, they're not like um you know the bigger number is the bigger car like you get with you know every other car manufacturer so you kind of think that the four is going to be bigger yeah. than the, you know it's but it's not necessarily so yeah the four is smaller than the three um so yes yeah, so it, it takes yeah. some getting your head around because we're used to numbering being a bit a bit different yeah, and I think of like Kia, who have um, who have trademarked all the numbers like EV one to nine. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it's quite straightforward, isn't it? You know that one will be the baby and nine will be the big one, no, it's but it's all one. a bit like it's it's very confusing. But you know, it, I guess it's ultimately up to them. It's basically to, to call their cars what they want, even though we always have quite strong opinions on it, don't we? Hashtag <laughs> hashtag three <laughs> hashtag one. I can, uh, we can't obviously tell you much about it, but what I think what we can say is we both made very positive noises while we were there, didn't we? We made positive noises and we both made positive noises when we were sitting inside yes but you, uh, yeah okay. so yeah yes. looking forward to that one yeah um on the subject of new new cars um today we've just seen we just got a new story up on the site about the tesla redwood yeah tesla redwood 
Re- finally, um, a bit more movement on a small car from Tesla. Well, I mean, looking at, the, looking at the pictures, I'm assuming that's like an AI drawing or something. Yeah, like I yeah. It looks, yeah. It, it looks cheap, it, doesn't it? It's a bit weird looking from that, yeah, that, that rendering, that isn't it, Mike? I didn't have a picture for it, so I used I used the power of AI to guess what it might look like, but I think we've been fairly honest with that. Oh, did you do that? Really? Yeah, yeah, that's me. Oh, I didn't yeah. realise. Oh, it's really good and a really good no, no, drawing. I'm really proud of you, Mike. That was so great. I literally, literally had, if I'd have spent three hours, three days doing a, a Photoshop comp of it, then I would be offended. But I've actually typed the word small small Tesla SUV into um, a well-known um, image generator. And that's what came out. So I thought I'd use that instead. So I thought in full honesty here. I, I think that's officially... Our first piece of AI produced content on the site. Yeah, we don't What a slippery do that. slope. Mm, be Ooh. careful. It's downhill from here. All downhill from here. But what <laughs> but what we do know, the things that AI don't need to tell us. Um around twenty five thousand pounds, we kind of think. Um, and they've now started talking to suppliers. A lot of this came from um, Tesla's sort of, um, they do this kind of call to the financial analyst, don't they, which happened yesterday. And he has confirmed it. Codename Redwood um, is also confirmed that a new factory in Mexico will be used for production of the car, along with uh, a yet-to-be-confirmed site outside the US, which mm. will be interesting to see where that is. Um, I'd have, I wonder if, yeah, Europe would be... Wouldn't it make more sense for Europe's market for that car is going to be pretty strong in Europe, isn't it? It could just cost more to make it there if they want a cheap car. Um, yeah, that's that's. I think you've hit that. There are still some European markets that are cheap to build in because you know they don't necessarily have the the euro and and, and wages are lower, so they can still do it in Europe. But you know, if they, I doubt they, I doubt they build in Berlin because um, German labour costs are pretty high so mm-hmm. I mean, it's, 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 you've got to squeeze every little bit of the margin on that car so yeah European level costs are high outside. and we know Germany. that from Tesla's results they have been struggling slightly they've seen a growth in sales but an actual drop off in the overall um, growth predictions and I think that's down to partly a push to uh, increase wages certainly in the US and in Europe and mm-hmm. also interest rates so yeah maybe maybe China is the place where that will be built but I think it will be interesting and I think they do need that smaller car if we yeah. look at what's happened with um, with BYD who have now overtaken Tesla um, as the largest producer of battery electric cars globally what BYD are quite clever. We talk about them a lot. They've got their Model 3 rival, but yeah. they've equally got the Atto 3 and the Dolphin, those smaller, more affordable cars. And if Tesla is going to really keep uh, competitive and also competitive in places like you know China and Europe, where it really needs to be, it's got to have a more affordable, relatively affordable car in its, uh, in its arsenal as well. It'll be interesting to see the quality that they managed to produce for a cheaper price. Because when, whenever you look at like the BYD, like we're looking at the Dolphin, there are certain moments where you can notice the, the, the price yeah. drop. But in terms of the quality, it's pretty decent. Yeah, it is. And when we did a video recently comparing the SEAL to the, to the Model 3, you could see that the quality of the SEAL was just that bit better than the Tesla. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see if they really, really drop the quality of what they make just to make the car more affordable. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know, what, what do you reckon, Mike? Are you excited by the Redwood? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think as, as much as the car will be exciting, I think their um, approach to how they're going to build that platform is going to be most interesting because I think one of Elon's pet projects is robo-taxis as well. And those cars, 
they're going to share the platform. So they've got the passenger car, the one that you and I could buy is going to look fairly kind of normal, but it's supposed to be really kind of crazy out there for the, for the robo taxi. And I think like they've done with model three and model Y, they've really changed the game in terms of how they build that thing. You know, it's on an enormous press. The automotive industry hasn't seen anything like it before and all said it wouldn't work. And of course it does work. So I think they're going to ramp that creativity and production up. And, and if they can build it for half the price that they said they're going to, which it currently is for Model 3 and Model Y, it could be a real a real game changer. But, you know, if this is Tesla, we were promised a small car in 2020. So, yeah, what's the difference yeah. 2025? <laughs> People have put a hundred yeah, you know, thousand bucks yeah, down for that roadster that's never going to turn up. So, you know, let's, let's wait and see <laughs> what actually turns up. And Cybertruck, again, yeah. you know, is that actually ever going to really make it into mainstream production? Yeah. No. Um, so what else any cars caught your eye this week yes yes uh, literally scrolling through twitter about a half an hour ago and i'm assuming we've all seen the photos of the new electric porsche macan have we we have we have what do you think who me yeah oh um i'm a bit disappointed Don't hate me. Okay. So I'm just from, looking at it. Right. Now. So from what I've read, it's got it can go up to 630 horsepower. It's got around 381 miles of range, etc. Yeah. Lovely, lovely. Lovely, lovely. However, it's a Porsche Macan. I want it to be sexier. It's not as sexy as I want it to be. Like I look at the Taycan, that is a sexy, mm-hmm. beautiful machine. I look at the Macan and I kind of I saw the pictures and I went, oh, that's a shame. I was just flicking through electrifying.com uh, news section and I was just looking at some pictures of it and I just thought, oh no, that's the wrong news story. That's an Audi. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I thought it was an Audi. <laughs> it's it's not massively distinct and, 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 and there's nothing wrong with Audis. Obviously, you know, I like Audi as a brand. I, I just suppose that, I, I yeah, it does look very Audi-esque and I would like it to look a bit more sexy. Sexy. I want a like, sexy like, Porsche Macan. Like the Taycan literally makes my heart beat. The, yes. the Taycan Cross Turismo. Oh, oh yes. Oh, that oh. car gets me really excited. Yeah, I just I love yeah. it. And that just makes me go, oh, yeah, that's a nice big Audi. Okay. There's a new yeah. car. Great. Another great electric SUV. Brilliant. And right. it, Where's the sexy portion? I'm also not loving the colour, that kind of lilac-y colour that was very in in fashion about 18 months was ago. That, is that the World Berry or whatever it's called, that one? Oh, yeah. Know. Anyway, yeah. Mm. So we, we're not, yeah, we're a bit underwhelmed. Yeah. Mike, come on. Are See, you, how do you feel? I'm um, kind of, rare occasion, I kind of agree with you two, actually. I'm not, yeah. It's, oh, I yeah. guess it has, yeah, to a point, it has <laughs> to be that shape because that's the market it's competing in. But I agree, it, it doesn't... Apart from those kind of sort of double stack sort of LED lights at the front, you wouldn't really know um, mm-hmm. that it's that it's an electric car. But maybe that's, you know, maybe Porsche have realized that that's what the market is. But I agree with you. Taycan's really grown on me. When I first saw it, I thought, yeah, yeah I wasn't really, it looked a little bit kind of dolphin-like, you know, at the front. Not BYD dolphin, but the, the fish dolphin. Um, but you look at it now. <laughs> the real dolphin. The mammal. <laughs> You look at them now on the road, like yeah. you said, they're sport turismo. They look fantastic things. They look really, really good. So, um, yeah, I, I think it might not be oh, a missed opportunity. But this thing's been coming for years, hasn't it? I've seen so many spy shots of this thing. It's almost a disappointment when their wraps come off. Uh, sexy Porsches. I'll, t- I'll, t- sexy I'll tell you anymore. a car that's not going to be sexy. Go on. The new Vauxhall Frontera. Even the name's not sexy, is it? No, it's not. I remember the Frontera. I remember it 
It's from like the 90s or something. You can't remember that, Carl. Mike and I can remember the original. It's in the 90s. Yeah, it was, it was built it, it was built in the 80s and was it when was it stopped, Mike? I can't even remember that. It was one of those cars that everybody hated but sold really well. Oh, it's an ugly looking thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah but it, it was, it was 1991 so, to 2004. There no. we go. Yeah, it was an ugly looking thing. It was, but it, I think it sort of allowed people to, because SUVs and kind of those chunky things were quite new at the time. And it, it was an era when, you know, people still, Vauxhall, I wouldn't say it's an aspirational brand, but it was still a brand that people bought, um, not thinking it was the kind of the cheaper option. So it was the first time they'd ever had this kind of funky look. It was just, you know, followed on from things like the Calibra, which were kind of quite design led weren't they and the frontera hasn't aged terribly well i will give it credit and say that when it first came out it was quite a new thing um but yeah i mean it's 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 another name that's come back from from the from the past isn't it we've had viva we've had uh hand up nicola i was gonna say i have some concerns already okay uh, when it comes to pricing when we already know (laughs) how they price the corsa how they price the astra now it's a bigger suv how much are we going to be talking for a a car with a terrible name yeah i don't think we've had we've not really got much info on pricing yet but given that it's going to be another stellantis small suv and actually, it's is it a small SUV? It's small. It's, yeah, it's going to be smaller than I thought it would be. But so it's likely to have that. It's going to have that. Like prob- Avenger size. Yeah, it's going to be, I think that, is that my understanding? It's a little correct? bigger than that. It's, it's going to be. Avenger size, it will probably get that 54 kilowatt yeah. battery range of about 250 miles. Oh. It's going to be replacing a car called the Crossland in the current range. So if you have a look at that, it's going to be roughly the same size as that. So they'll have Mocha as the kind of entry level SUV and then the uh, the Frontera will sit above that, not a huge amount above that, um, but yeah, it will be slightly bigger. So, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, maybe we, we we don't like the name, but perhaps you know there'll be a whole new generation of people who kind of embrace it. It's obviously a good name. It's obviously must have researched well. I don't mind the name actually, Frontera. I don't actually mind the name. I'm just not sure that whenever a car maker, right, in their press releases, describe a car as and say it will be a fun car, it will display a new rugged interpretation of a bold and pure design philosophy. They really lose me at that. Mm. I, it, yeah, so I is think that just a nice way of saying it's going to be full of scratchy plastics, probably rugged, probably functional and rugged. Yeah, um, <laughs> but no, I just yeah, I I can't help but think that Vauxhall have lost their way a bit, uh, and out of the whole sort of all those different Stellantis brands, we've got Citroen and Peugeot. Vauxhall is the one that I'm least excited by. Yes. I get excited for a Peugeot, not for a Vauxhall. Yeah, I get excited for Jeep, you know, yes. Jeep Avenger. Yeah. And of course, Manos adores the Jeep Avenger. He does. Don't it. you, Manos? Oh, he's here. He's nodding. Do you want to come in and just give you, show everybody how much you love the Jeep Avenger? Come on. Come on, say hi to Manos. Manos is our head of production um, and head yes, of video. Yes, your hat looks lovely. Yeah, he's got his, his winter hat on. Here he is. This is Manos. How much do you love the Jeep Avenger? So much. He loves the Jeep Avenger. But yeah, I think Stellantis are doing some really good things and I'm just not sure Vauxhall have quite got there yet. Mm. Would be would be me, my thoughts on would, that. Would be me agreeing. Okay. Mike. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I, yeah. I think any new electric car and any new car is good, but I think, yeah, there's a degree of um, identity at, at Vauxhall. People need to know what it, what it is, don't they? So I think that might be lacking a little bit but i don't want to be too harsh on it till we've seen it and read it read about it so yeah. keep my powder dry something's uh, wrong because mike is agreeing with us a lot today i know, I know. what's well, wrong with you mike? Do you, do you, 
Okay, <laughs> okay, fine. Okay. Yeah, I will move on to the post in a minute. But yeah, I just just in terms of all these new cars, I was looking at some stats earlier, actually, that was quite interesting. I'm just trying to find it now. So, right, well, we're talking about um, the just the increase. in. The, it's great, like Mike said. We might not be thrilled and excited by the Fonterra, but brilliant, there's another electric car coming. So 10 years ago, there were literally a handful of electric cars. Yeah. If we go back five years to 2018, there were 20 mainstream electric cars. There are close to 90 on sale just in the UK now. Wow. I know, I know. So it is all to be welcomed, all of the all of the stuff that's arriving. And 90. particularly 90, yeah. Yeah, apparently so. Close to 90. It's like 80 something. That's fantastic. It's good, isn't it? I, if anybody wants to, in the comments below, let us know the names of all those 90. Yes, yeah, so if you can name all 90, yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, but should we go on to the post bag now, Mike? Um, but before I do hand over to you, I want to say a special hello to Mike Doherty. Because Mike Doherty oh, is one Mike. of our listeners, and goodness me, he has upped the ante on the post bag. Why? So he's, because not only, he didn't just do a, a comment or an email, we got a lovely picture on, I think it was Instagram, last Friday night that we were all tagged in on with Mike with his nice glass of red, settling down to listen to his weekly fix of the kilowatt half hour. Oh, I love that. Thank Hi, you. Hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. Um, it's a cup of tea. Well, I'll cheers you with a cup of tea. Um, but thank you so much. But also thanks for everyone that listens. Cappuccino uh, in, in case you are listening, Nicola's holding up a box of cappuccino sachets. <laughs> anyway. um, but, but seriously, we are absolutely thrilled with how many of you are listening to the podcast every week. Yeah. We're a bit taken aback, really. So thank you so much. Please do keep listening. Please do um, send us your comments, your thoughts, your questions. And right now we will hand over to Postman Mike for the postbag. Whenever you're ready, Mike. Oh, bless you, bless you. Oh, I'll start with a few um, quick shout outs. You are um, Stan from Kangaroo Island TV, which is still the greatest um, YouTube handle in the world. You qu- you asked whether he did actually live on Kangaroo Island last week, um, Ginny. He does, he does. He says, I most definitely do live on Kangaroo Island, where I'm the journalist for the Islander newspaper, which he's been filling up with EV stories. He's just uh, today loaded up his video of his 1,000-kilometer trip from uh, Lismore to Canberra. Um, I watched it earlier. Um, Stan, it's brilliant. It's really good. I'm not like I recommend other YouTube channels, but if you want a bit of escapism, um, have a look at one of Stan's videos. They're they're really good. Um, and what was that? Can- it's can- so it's Kangaroo Island TV. TV. Is it that everybody? Kangaroo needs to Island off? TV. Not, is not what leave you need this podcast. No, no, no. Okay. Wait till we're finished okay. waffling on. Yeah, um, I will subscribe. Yeah, I do. Uh, I yeah, I just uh, I, I haven't actually been to Kangaroo Island. Um, my sister lives in Australia, and I said I bought up everybody all the time. I used to live there, and it is like on my wish list of places to go to. Yeah, it just and you know I was due to go. Unfortunately, when it was hit with really bad wildfires a couple of years ago, <gasps> um, that was I think start of twenty twenty. So yes, I haven't made it there, but I will do, and I will come and say hello. Excellent. Um, weekend Weekend Wanderers um, says, and I'm not I'm not just chosen the ones that have been nice to us this time. He says, I honestly live for this segment of the channel. Um, and he says, my, my husband is sick to death of me talking about EVs. So this channel really helps fill the void as I don't know anyone else with the same interest, but, um, you're welcome, uh, weekend wanderers. You're absolutely welcome. And, um, uh, Tassie EV, oh. which I'm going to have to check the IP address. Cause I'm sure it's either you, either of you two says, um, I can't wait for the full postman song. Once again, I like it. And obviously some people have no sense of humor. So um, I, I suspect postman that's what he used to Postman Mike, Postman Mike and his electric bike. Oh, that's what it was. So anyway, that's please Tassie EV, which I'm convinced is, is 
is one of you two. So <laughs> Nicola's mum. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past her. I've got a couple of um, other subjects. Subject to, can I, we're talking serious stuff now. The subject of um, public charges and what kind of car- charges we need, because you were saying that most of the place in Oxfordshire are all low-powered ones and you wanted a high-powered one. Um, Rob Smith says, well done, talking about the issue uh, about people without home charging. You used to use public charges. Slow destinations in car parks where you can leave a car all day would be a step forward. Yep. Um, Hayley Loder says, you're chargist. I'm not sure you should point that finger out. I think it's you, Jenny. But she says, um, I have a Citroen Ami, um, so I need a seven kilowatt charger as it doesn't take anything higher. Um, I don't have a home charging situation, so she needs um, a public option. Let's hope sensible destination charges will be put in. So there we go. Um, I need to hear more about how you are living your life with your Citroen yeah. Ami because I, yeah. you're probably I the first too. person I've heard from that actually has one. That's but, so exciting. But also the fact that, there's not you aren't able to charge at home yeah, yeah. Can you let us with get, an ami please drop us a line actually i'd love we yeah. would love to hear from you so it's info at electrifying.com just Do about it. how how you how you're managing that um and Ginny, you, you weren't the only person being told off from last week i got i suggested that hotels shouldn't have well they don't need to necessarily have one rapid charger when they could have you know other ones in but jude jude brown friend of the show has written and says no mike don't take away my 50 kilowatt rapid charger from premier inn it says the people that use our bp pulse come from the local village and other towns close by so there's obviously some sort of hub this one single 50 kilowatt charger is used by a village in some local towns yeah. it says it's our nearest one so um yeah so i'm very sorry i won't no, I have no intention of removing it jude i don't think i have the power for that but um it's fascinating to know how um with how jude. that works for you guys <laughs> And anything else caught your eye, Mike? Yes. Um, subject of home charging, scheduling. Um, Tat Sun, who wrote in last week and we helped him out because he, he was just about to get an electric car, just about to get an Aria, and wanted to know whether he sets mm-hmm. his charging on uh, the car app, uh, the Omi app, or the Octopus app. And I think Tom was able to advise him on that. So he said, thank you very much for, for helping on that. If you've got any questions um, of that nature, try and try us we, we we might know the answer well if not we certainly talk to people who do um that combined with tom's uh review of them makes you realize he's chosen the right company with octopus so that's brilliant um who needs facts says um he charges area on the omi app but also sets the timings in the car as well because the wallbox wallbox has a habit of going offline and charging his car to the max at full price and that's that's, that's so annoying when that happens isn't it because oh. you end up with a, a great yeah. big bill um, and finally, um, Hisham G says, great podcast, really enjoy it. But I still don't know what to do about setting timers, though. Um, uh, I've just got a Fiat 500 being delivered yesterday. And because my wall box is kaput and only charges up when you plug it in, it doesn't. the timer's gone on it. Um, I was very relieved to find out that the one in the Fiat 500 to set the timing is incredibly easy. It was like two minutes. It was just like set charging right. from what time to what time. And it did it. I try and do that in the i3. You need to be whiz-bit to work out how to use the one in the i3 because it's impossible. It's about 14 different screens. You've got to set a departure time, this, that, and the other. So hats off to Fiat. That's actually a really good system in the 500. Do you know what? I've forgotten what a good car the Fiat 500 is. It's quite. It's it's nice to to know that you've got a Fiat 500 again, Mike, because it's it's one of those cars that we loved. I think it was our very first electrifying car of the year was the Fiat 500. 
and we haven't we haven't filmed with one or seen one for a while but it's a Long great time. it's a great little car but it just got a bit expensive didn't it that was the yeah. problem with it, it got a bit expensive the range wasn't that great and it plays a really creepy clown tune when you turn the car on <laughs> see i like that Lovely. it's Lovely. by it's, it's by nino nino rotto who designed who, who um composed the music for the godfather that's it's not true that is true, true. true that's fact. not true is that true it's a true fact Every day, every day is a school day, folks. And on Just that note, that. I yeah. didn't know that. My mind has been blown. <laughs> so, is that it for the postbag, Mike? It, I mean, there were so many more, but those, uh, yes, uh, that's all I can. All we can manage. We're already over. So, um, but please, please carry on commenting. We, we love, we love reading them. And if you've got any questions uh, or any mad things, just just let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, please. You can either comment here on the YouTube channel. And, and if you want already, please do subscribe. Um, we've got a podcast special coming out in a couple of weeks as well, which is going to talk all about the best used electric car bargains. So that will be coming your way. And if you listen to us on your usual podcast streaming service, you can drop us an email, get, um, send comments. Just uh, let us know how you're doing at info at electrifying.com. We'd love to hear from you. Oh, oh. And if you are listening either on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, then leave us a review and a five-star rating because that really helps us in terms of the algorithm for more people finding our podcast. Thank you very much. And we would massively appreciate that. And on that note of groveling, we will say goodbye from Team Electrifying. Bye. Have an electrifying week and we'll see See you next week. (laughs) Bye.